Hello, and welcome back to the Prairie Track and Field Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Enerson. And I'm your other host, Cameron Rue. And this week is always a big week. We are heading into conference championship season. We've got a few schools in North Dakota that have already competed, and we've got a few schools that are going to be competing this upcoming weekend. So this episode is going to be giving shout-outs to those that have already been through their conference championship and crushed it. And we're going to take a look into some upcoming conference championships as well. we got a good interview coming up with Coach Stevie Keller, the director of the men's and women's track and field programs at North Dakota State. But Cam, real quick before we get going with some shout outs, this was always a stressful week for you and I, especially I remember you and I lived together our fifth year of college in the same house, kind of get to see each other leading up to a big meet like the conference meet. Just what kind of memories, what kind of feelings come back when we were preparing for this episode? Yeah, I mean, this week is always uh, a bit stressful, uh, especially when you're, uh, you're trying to stay as relaxed as you can and rest up as much as you can. Um, sometimes the week leading into the biggest competition uh, can be the most uncomfortable week of the whole training cycle because uh, it's, it's kind of disruptive. You know, you're, you're trying to run easier. Your workouts are maybe not as long. You have a little bit more time maybe on your hands. Uh, so for me, it was always just kind of a battle of uh, – staying focused and being okay with doing whatever it was that my coach said, uh, even though it felt different than maybe what the day-to-day grind of training was like. Um, Yeah. But I think above everything else uh, just was reminded of how exciting it was to get ready to compete with teammates uh, for something that we all really, really cared about uh, and really wanted to do well. So uh, I even like talking about it now I'm getting, getting kind of fired up, just uh, getting the butterflies in the stomach, getting excited to see how everybody's going to compete, uh, this upcoming weekend. So that's, I mean, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's always that feeling of excitement. There's the nerves, there's everything in between. And so as we take a look forward at what some of these programs have already done and what some of them are about to do this weekend, we are just super excited to hear, um, I don't know, kind of where some of these schools are ranked, where some of these athletes are sitting, heading in, how some of them did. We had some really great performances from some North Dakota natives that we're going to highlight. But first, we got him on the phone right now. He's waiting. So we better call him on. We've got Coach Stevie Keller. Stevie, originally from... Harvey, North Dakota. Harvey native, went to North Dakota State as an athlete, and then eventually went to Montana State, where he was recently inducted into the Athletic Hall of Fame there. Just probably a matter of time before he's in NDSU's Hall of Fame, too. And went on to have an awesome career as a decathlete, as a collegiate and a post-collegiate, but now he is the first-year director of the men's and women's programs at North Dakota State University. So without further ado, here is Stevie Keller. So Stevie, I mean, you already kind of said this before Cam came in, but how are you feeling about the conference meet? You said it's going to be pretty close. How do you handle the stress of a, a big week like this? Yeah, I mean, obviously it's a pretty stressful time for us this week. And, you know, a lot of that stress goes into trying to pick your conference team. You know, we have so much depth on our team and trying to figure out what kids are, 
you know, ready to go if there's some kids coming back from injuries um, and, and just, you know, where can you score the most points and where can you take the most points away from other teams? Um, so I think there's a lot of, you know, anxiety, I would say, um, leading up to the meet because as a coach, you want to be able to put your, your best 28 kids on the conference team that, that give you the best chance of winning. Um, I probably hide my stress better than, than some of the other coaches on our team. Um, as you guys have been around our staff and, and kind of know um, how that goes. So, it, it, you know, it boils, our season kind of boils, our indoor season boils down to this weekend. And that's what I tell our student athletes is that this is, this is track and field. We don't, we don't compete uh, week in and week out on a conference schedule and everything kind of boils down to the indoor conference championships. And, you know, it's a big, it's a big meet on our schedule where we keep score and, you know, everybody's out, out to get NDSU because we've had a lot of success. So, um, it's just, you know, our kids have, you know, they're resilient and they go out and they compete hard. Mm-hmm. And then for like people that don't really know too much about how you guys pick the conference team, like you've mentioned how you only get 28 spots. Could you just kind of explain like the idea of like maybe what goes into picking those 28? Yeah. I mean, it, you know, usually when we get ready for the conference meet, there's, you know, we have, on the women's side, we have a, a 70 girls on the roster this year, which is a big number based on the COVID year. And then on the men's side, we're at 50. Um, so when you're talking about picking 28 and on a year this year where everybody gets the indoor season back, you know, you're not strategically redshirting kids and, and things like that. So everybody's basically game on to make the conference team. And so you look at, uh, you know, can they score at the conference meet? Um, can they score multiple events? And where can they take points away from, you know, University of South Dakota and South Dakota State are, are a big uh, competition right now on both the men's and the women's side. So there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of Internet surfing on TFERS to see, you know, we're trying to we're doing our research on our team. We know what they can do, but we're also looking at, hey, when did this kid run that? What have they ran in the last couple of weeks? Are they consistent? Um, so, you know, consistency is something that we preach to our student athletes is you know, you go out week in and week out and you're consistent, that gives you an opportunity to, to put a PR out there, but it also gives you an opportunity to make the conference team because we know we can count on you to, to show up and, and, and put a consistent time or mark down each weekend. So it, I wish it was as easy as just throwing some kids' names out there and picking events, but there's definitely a lot that goes into it that I think people don't realize, um, you know, the, you know, I wouldn't say the science behind it, but just kind of the how we how we do things and each coach is responsible for their event area and you know we met today as a staff um you know we normally meet on tuesdays and we'll probably meet more on conference week and i'm always asking what when's this kid competed last or what do you think he can do in in this event or do you think they're going to double this person so it's um yeah it's it's a it's obviously leading up to this you kind of have an idea. We've seen more of the conference this year due to the COVID. So we've had a chance to compete against some of the conference schools more often, which is, you know, it's pretty cool to see. Stevie, what's kind of the feeling amongst the, the athletes on the team and uh, with the coaches? Uh, obviously, outdoor conference was canceled last year. There was no cross-country conference this fall. Uh, so it's been the, the last real big competition that most of these people had was the conference indoor meet last year. Um, and a lot of things have changed, obviously, uh, COVID and then you being in like the new position as the director of both the men's and the women's team. So what's, what's just kind of the, the feeling going into 
really like really competing again this weekend. Yeah, and that's, that's something we addressed with kids last week at our team meeting. It was like last year at this time, it was this was this was the last meet they had. You know, going into it, obviously they didn't know that um, and things. So I mean, the last time that we competed, you know, where it was really counted was was a conference indoor meet. So you know, I've been really impressed this year on how the kids have competed. You know, being away from from competition, training, from you know the social aspect of uh, college for the extended period of time. Um, you know, we a lot of us had our doubts on how these kids would come back, and and you know the unknowns through the fall and and even through December. Um, but I've been impressed with the performances we've had this year, and and the high level that these kids have been able to compete at um, week in and week out. And I think that really has a credit to like the the student athletes we have on our team and how much they put into this program when they weren't at practice in March, April, and May last year. Um, so it's definitely, definitely a little bit different this year um, going into the conference meet and, you know, we, we, we test for COVID every week. Um, so you kind of dread that day and, and the day that leads up after that or the day after that, knowing that there might be a possibility that somebody on your team tests is positive and then they live with such and such who is in quarantine now. Um, so I was pretty excited to see the text today from the, the athletic training staff that we were COVID free this week. Um, it's been going really well throughout the indoor season. I think we've had two or three kids test positive as all. Well. So the social distancing, the, the things we've been doing has been working. So, um, yeah, that's uh, it's definitely been different, but I think at, at the same time it's it's similar because they're getting a chance to compete, and you know we have a young team and trying to lean on those seniors to to show them the ropes of how to compete like a bison and get ready for the conference. I mean, it's been something that we, you know, really heavily uh, lean on them as as leaders. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the test on Tuesday, the test today or yesterday, whenever you had it, was that the last one you have to do before the championships or do you have to do one more test before you show up? Yeah, no, we tested um, late enough so that it was, uh, um, you know, so that when we leave, we're fine. Um, so yeah, for track and field, that's, that was the requirements was to do a PCR test um, up to so many hours before you leave. So Sweet. I know other, other sports are different. They're doing, you know, rapid testing. They have competition, uh, things like that. But this is the, the guidelines that they put forward for the Summit League. Sweet. So you're going to get those kids on a bus and you're going to drive straight to Brookings and not make any pit stops. No chances. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, and, that, and that's something that's been different this year, obviously, with, you know, planning for team travel. You know, it's been pretty easy to give kids per diem, let them drop them off at the mall, drop them off at a food court or, you know, an area where there's two or three places to eat and they can pick and choose what they want. Well, this year we've, you know, we've, we've limited them to the hotel and when we've traveled, we've catered food in, we, you know, we get lunches catered in, um, you know, they're not allowed to go with their parents. They're not allowed to go home with anybody else. So, I mean, those, those are big things that are definitely different. Obviously some of the meets we go to, there's no fans. So that's easy. Their parents aren't driving to them, but um, you know, some of the, the preparation that goes into that. And then on a conference weekend where you're catering, you know, lunch and dinner, and then the next day doing the same thing um, and trying to please, you know, 56 student athletes isn't easy either with food. So yeah. um, we're, you know, we've been pretty creative and kids that have, you know, different uh, diets and things. We want to make sure that we take care of them as well. 
Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And so going into this weekend, obviously we like to highlight some of the North Dakota products that are on the track and field team. So heading into the Summit League Championships, who are some North Dakota athletes that we should keep our eyes on? Yeah, I mean, I think a big one, on, we'll start on the men's side, is Alex Bartholomew, you know, a kid from Bowman. That, that was a walk-on for us. Um, you know, and if you're not familiar with our program, we have, uh, you know, an open door policy. We let kids come in and we let them try out. Um, and, you know, Bart didn't make the team, you know, and he came back and the next year he, he didn't make the team again. He was on our cross country team. But then as we got closer to the conference championships, he was running really well, um, you know, unattached and we were able to add him to the roster. And he, you know, I think he anchored our DMR to champion, you know, a title that year and was really a breakthrough for him and a credit to him to just stick with it and grind it out. And, you know, here's a kid that's leading the conference in a couple of events and, you know, it has an opportunity to defend his, his title in three K that he won last year. So I think he's, he's kind of that, that pride and joy of what we are all about at North Dakota state of getting a kid to just a blue chip, you know, a kid or a, a kid out a diamond in the rough, I guess you would say, um, to come into NDSU and just progress and develop. So, um, you know, he's one of one of the top North Dakota kids we have. Um, you know, there's a lot of them. Jacob Rodine, he was an 800 meter champion last year. Has been having a great season for us. Um, the 800 is pretty loaded this year, and things. But I think that's that's something that he he thrives off of, and he's he's excited to get out there and compete against some guys that have broken 150. And go to the conference meet, and not only just you know get go through the motions to win, but have to have to really throw down and compete, um, and things. So, um, Josh Knutson's running really well. Delax Burlington, another Class B kid. He uh, you know he he ran the quarter this last weekend at UND and really dro- dropped a really good time. Um, you know, a kid that has had a little injuries this indoor season, so we decided to compete him last weekend at the last chance meet and. You know, it's a big confidence booster for him to go out and race and, and, and break 48 seconds in the quarter um, and things. Brandon Lewis, kid from Bismarck Legacy, you know, leading the long, you know, long jump. Um, he's going to triple jump. He's been doing well with that and staying healthy and, and things. So another, another kid that we're looking to rely on to score some points in multiple events for us. Um, Alex Brusso, 6,200 guy, uh, you know, fourth year going to get another year both indoor and outdoor so he'll be back for a fifth year um you know looking for him to to compete well in the in the 60 but also the 200 is kind of his key event you know and kind of a a, a deciding factor in the meet when when you get in the late in the meet on the day two to be able to score some points in that event Mm -hmm. and then um you know alex tally which is a name that's just you know was probably unknown in high school another kid that was you know Kid we recruited out of West Fargo, offered him a, you know, what I would call a token scholarship. And here this kid is one of the top, top five throwers in the country in both throwing events. Um, you know, Alex is always around the track. And it's one of those things where he comes in and it's like, man, I didn't think that kid could get any bigger each year. He comes in and puts in the time, puts in the work and, you know, just, just a great kid and, and works hard um, mm-hmm. at things. So yeah, looking forward to to watching him go out and, and be able to compete. Um, and then mm-hmm. also obviously for him, this is, you know, this is uh, not the end of his season. He's, he's got the national meet coming up. And so, and then we, you know, we got another, a number of other North Dakota kids that are going to contribute, you know, in, in certain ways too. Um, but, you know, those are kind of some of the top kids out of North Dakota that we have on our team. 
Yeah. And Alex Talley, we've talked about this probably the last couple of shows, but that kid, he PRs like every week. It's incredible. He, I don't know. I mean, it is. And, and to be, you know, it's, and we always talk about like when you get to a certain level to PR is, is one thing, but to throw a foot farther or six inches farther is just, it's unbelievable. I mean, when I looked at him, I'm like, this guy just threw a foot and a half further when I thought he was already thrown a long ways. He, does, so. he doesn't know what a small PR is. Like it's just bombs or, or nothing. Just, yeah. I, I honestly don't know. I remember one time coming back off a of Christmas break and seeing him in the track in like the morning or something like that. Uh, and then I came back in the evening and he was still there. <laughs> it was like, Tally, did you, what have you been doing all day? Oh, just throwing. Oh, okay. All right. Well, good for you, man. <laughs> just, yeah, he was, he was at, you know, we had a few team maker uh, luncheons this fall and he was one of the student athletes of the week or the month. And I, you know, I said that he's what I call a track rat. I mean, every time you go on the indoor track, he's there, um, you know, working hard and doing things. And, um, but, you know, it's, I give him a hard time because I think Tally's put probably eight holes in those uh, throwing barricades that I have around our throwing area. So I, was, I always tell him, like, it's, it's a good thing you're really good, Tally, because you owe me a lot of money for these barricades. <laughs> the other day he put one in. I think the whole weight went through the barricade. Um, but it's, I guess it's a good problem to have when those guys are throwing so far that you got to extend the, extend the sector. Yeah. Mm-hmm. On the women's side, um, you know, one, one, one big, uh, I wouldn't say blow, but one big thing for us, unfortunately, is Kelby Anderson's been struggling with some injuries um, this season, and she hasn't been able to compete since December. Um, you know, so we're going to miss her. You know, she scored a lot of points for us last year, um, you know, and that's kind of one of those, the bison theory of next man up, next woman up type of a deal. So there's going to be some people that need to fill those shoes. Um, but Peyton Froelich, another class B kid that's running really well, uh, you know, won the 800 last year, leading the 800 this year. Um, just the growth that she's had from last year to this year is the confidence and things like that. I think last year was just kind of, I don't think she realizes how good she can be. Um, and then last year when we went, she won the conference, I think kind of was like the light bulb came on. And then we obviously didn't have an outdoor season. I think outdoors would have, you would have seen some big times from her. Um, and things. So I'm looking forward to watching her continue to, to you know, to, to dominate the 800. You know, so we have um, some pretty good young freshmen on the, on the women's side, North Dakota kids, Grace Emineth, uh, jumper from, from Shanley High School here in Fargo, uh, doing really well in the long jump, triple jump for us. Um, so I'll look for her to, to continue to rise as a star for us. Uh, Sally uh, Corgo from uh, Fargo Davies, um uh, 60 hurdles she's been running really well consistent times um so another another youngster for us as a freshman and then uh you know on the throw side with Achille Moten who's been tearing it up um another one where I I you know what she PR by a foot and a half the other week or I don't remember how many feet further 59 feet in the shot put um you know one of the top throws in the country and things so look for her to obviously not just on the conference level, but the national scene to, to, you know, to have a shot to be a contender for that national title. Yeah. I mean, on the women's side, I would say we're, you know, on the North Dakota end of things, we got some young kids, not, not as many uh, upperclassmen from, from North Dakota, but definitely some kids that are going to contribute. 
I love all the class B people that we get at NDSU that just, that, I mean, they don't even care about what school they came from or anything. They're just, they're just there to run hard and, you know, just beat yeah. some people, crack no, some I mean, I think that's, you know, I mean, obviously you guys going through our program and, and kind of seeing how things work and, you know, being class A kids and, there's, I mean, obviously, North Dakota Class A is, is uh, you know, there's definitely better facilities and better opportunities, but it isn't like kids from California or Texas, the opportunities they have. So, I mean, any North Dakota kid, I think when you get them in here, you're going to continue to watch them to develop and improve. And, and you know, this buy-in of the system, I think that's important um, throughout their four or five years here. And I, I remember as an athlete when I was in college and, same thing. There were some freshman guys that I was like, wow, these guys are, you know, they're, they are okay. But then I followed, um, you know, through their career and all of a sudden by their junior or senior year, they're winning conference titles or making, you know, the national meet and things like that. So, I mean, it's kind of fun to see, um, you know, kids develop and, and progress and, and kind of follow your alma mater a little bit. Stevie, you're heading down to Brookings, uh, probably one of my least favorite cities of all time. Uh, it's, it's hostile. The energy is always high. Um, there have been some really great moments down there in Brookings, uh, for us in recent years. Um, but as always, it's, it's a tough, tough place to go. So what's the secret? How have you been able to, to go across enemy lines and, and still bring back trophy after trophy? Yeah. I mean, I think it really boils down to the, the kids on the team. Um, you know, their competitiveness, um, obviously this year will be a little different. There's not, there's no fans allowed. Um, but I think that the student athletes will bring a lot of energy to the meet. Um, you're going to, you know, you're going to see a lot of kids yelling and screaming and cheering. And, you know, that's the neat thing about the conference meet is that it just, it really brings the team together in a year like this, where we haven't had an opportunity to do a lot of team things. Um, you know, when you get ready for the conference meet, there's pro there's a lot of kids on our team that they haven't really crossed over with other event groups because we've been trying to, you know, keep them socially distanced, stay with your training group, do the, you know, kind of live in that bubble. These are your friends. These are the people that you want to hang out with and, and just not put yourself in a position where you're going to miss weeks of training because you, you have COVID or you, you end up getting sick because of it. So um, I think it's, it's, it's always fun to go to the conference meet because it brings everybody together. But I think especially this year, I think it's just really something that the kids are looking forward to like, man, we get to go and we get to, you know, we haven't, we haven't, had, we stayed in a hotel one time this year, you know, and that's, that's rare for us. We travel quite a bit normally. So it was, and it was different, you know, that was checking the hotel and go to your room type of a deal and come down here and we catered food and they, they got food and they went back to their room to eat, you know, so things that, that they don't normally get to, um, they normally get to meet, you know, different event areas. So, um, so yeah, I think there's a lot of energy and a lot of, lot of, lot of uh, excitement around the conference meet. Not that there normally isn't, but this year, especially with, with everything that's going on, we got to this point and, and the, you know, the future looks bright with what the indoor season is going to finish up with and then heading into the outdoor season. Um, we've kind of, we've gotten past those unknowns and, that, you know, I, I don't know how many conversations I had this fall of, hey, coach, do you think we're going to even have a season? I'm like, yeah, we're going to have a season. We're going to do what we can. And, mm -hmm. I mean, I kept waiting that in December when we had that home meet. I kept waiting for that phone call, like, nope, you're not having the meet. And, you know, we got to December 
uh, that Friday meet and it was that morning and we were set up and kids were coming in and the meet was going on. I'm looking around. I'm like, can you guys really believe we're here and this is happening? Um, so it was, and then just kind of from there, everything's been going well. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's so great to know that we've made it through this indoor season and hopefully with outdoor season, we can just keep taking the same mitigation strategies and being outdoors will hopefully add a little bit of a uh, comfort as well, knowing that we don't have everybody packed into the Shelly and yeah, things are look like you said, things are looking really bright for, for an outdoor season as well. Yeah. And you know, unfortunately for us, we've been able to allow some fans in our meets. So some of the parents have been able to see their, their kids compete. Um, you know, some fans have been able to see things. So, I mean, that's, I mean, I don't know how many parents I talked to after that meet in January, we're just like, it is so good to be out here watching a track meet and, and things. And it, you know, we tested after that meet, there was no positive cases and everything's been going well. So, um, yeah, I hope we, like you said, when we get to outdoor, I think we can get back to maybe having, you know, a little bit bigger meets. Um, but I think we've all learned a lot in this, uh, through COVID with the social distancing and, and just, uh, you know, wearing the mask and just being more health cautious, um, and things like that. So respecting people's space. How's that? That's good. Yeah. And so no fans at all, like SDSU won't get any fans at the championship meet either. No, no. Which is, you know, I guess it, it, uh, was something that with the number of student athletes in that building. Um, and that's kind of how we worked at our building was you could have so many people in the building. And so we limited the team so that we could bring parents in and family in to see some of the meat um, or else we could have added a few teams and, and had, had that, but we felt it was important to, to give those, uh, those parents an opportunity to see their son or daughter compete. So anybody that wants to watch the meet this weekend, what's the best way to follow along? Yeah. So they're, they're going to be live streaming the meet and I know they do a great job. Uh, the meets that we've been to down there. Uh, so, I mean, follow and go bison.com. There'll be, you know, Wes will do a great job of posting information on there. Our Twitter account, um, we'll have, you know, a lot of uh, tweets on, on, on the progress of the meet. But I, I'm not 100% sure if it, I'm assuming that they'll charge for the access to the meet. Um, but you could also go to SDSU's website to find that information in the Summit League. So, um, yeah, I, I would imagine they'll do a great job of, uh, of covering as much as they can, field events and running events. Um, I haven't seen a information on what they're planning on doing as far as cameras and crew but um it'll be it'll be easy to follow and if you can't uh if you can't watch it online dakota timing is the website that they'll have all the live results on and they do a good job of keeping that up even the field events are live results so you can watch throw by throw or jump by jump in the jumps um so it's uh a lot of times when I'm at, when I'm at a meet, I don't I, I click on my phone and I'm following the field events because I'm on the other side of the track, so I can keep up with what's going on, uh, checking the score, things like that. So I mean, the technology has really helped us as coaches, as you know, and as as far as like walking down to the long jump pit and you see one of the kids and you're like, hey, great job, I saw you PR'd, and you know, make it feel like you saw the jump, but you also <laughs> actually just looked at it online. Uh, but I think it's, you know, following the kids and knowing what's going on. Um, you know, and sometimes with, with our social media, with Twitter, I mean, Wes, he's got it, I'll check Twitter sometimes to figure out what, what happened at the meet too, if the live results aren't working real great. So um, those, those types of things definitely help out, especially for the spectators and the fans. I think Bison throws on Instagram usually 
at least in the past, they've done uh, like a live stream, like right next to the throwing ring of, of whatever throw is going on too. So um, I don't know if they're still, still doing that, but I know in the past they have. So. Yeah. They, they've done pretty much every meet this year. And I think it's been a, you know, a lot of followers. I, I remember years ago, I think Alex Renner was thrown at the national meet and I was running the bison throws Instagram, um, you know, a few years ago. And it was, uh, you know, we, I don't think there was to the extent of followers they have now. It's a pretty well-followed group and things. So that's another, that's a good way to see the throwing events. And I'm assuming that there'll be other Instagram accounts, whether it's SDSU's or ours, that'll be trying to do some live video feeds. I, I was just kind of, curious too you'd said that there's a couple of guys in the men's 800 who are sub 150 uh, are those the like guys from western illinois was there some transfers in or what what's the deal with the strength of that event this year? yeah so um so western illinois got, illinois got a transfer from uh, i think it's either oklahoma or oklahoma state a guy that ran 147 last year i think it's oklahoma and then they signed a kid i believe he's from jamaica that's also run 147 um, you know, so those guys, they ran 149 a few weeks ago. Um, you know, then Jacobs ran pretty well in that. And I mean, I'm, I'm excited because we, when we went down to Iowa state, I was a little bit bummed out and probably not near as bummed out as Jacob because he got put in the second heat. Uh, they had a rabbit through 600 meters and he was well 30 meters ahead of everybody else in the field, um, at that point. So I really felt like that was going to be a good opportunity for him to go sub 150. But he, like I said, he was just on the edge of getting in that fast heat to actually beat some of the guys in the fast heat. So, um, you know, it's, it's one thing to have a rabbit, but the, the hard part of the race is that last, you know, 200 meters when the rabbit drops off and you're kind of left out on an Island by yourself. Um, but you know, a kid like that is, you know, prior to coming to college, he probably ran in the front of the pack in all his high school races and, didn't think twice about it. And, you know, that's, that's one of the things that I, I love about these North Dakota kids that we have is, you know, a lot, a lot of their career was spent competing against themselves and, and trying to better themselves. Um, you know, the high level kids, they, they, uh, they don't know, they don't, they don't bank on, Hey, I need somebody to pull me through at this time or I need to do that. They just go out and they compete. And uh, you know, and that's, some, that's some of the things you've seen this year with our kids is it's just, not being able to go to Nashville or Seattle or Nebraska, um, you know, they really had to, to just learn how to, Hey, I need to get out and I need to relax. I need to run in the front and just get used to what my paces feel like and, and being on pace. Jacob's one of the most competitive people uh, that I've seen in the last, you know, last couple of years come through NDSU. So uh, yeah, it'll be, it'll be exciting to see what, what he can put up. So. I haven't been on a podcast before, so hopefully, uh, hopefully I didn't botch it for you guys here. No, no, that was perfect. So, and we'll get you back on just as an athlete too, because a quick tidbit for the listeners, it was it 10 events that you qualified in at the state meet your senior year of high school. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm 20 plus years out of high school, so it had to have gone up to at least 12 or 13 by now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll have to be sure to cover that next time, but. Awesome. Yeah, well, no, for Ryan and I had we had a good conversation about a lot of North Dakota athletes and in in this podcast you guys are doing. I think it's great. You know, there's a lot of track and field people in the state of North Dakota. You know, some loyal people that I hear from, you know, yearly on, you know, good luck or congrats on the conference or hey, it's fun to see these kids doing well and, and things. So 
it's uh there's definitely a good following for for North Dakota student athletes in track and field. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. So well, thanks for joining us on such short notice. We appreciate it. And uh, yeah, good luck this weekend. Go get them. It'll be fun, guys. I mean, you guys have gone through this as, as student athletes and you know whether it's, uh, you know, on paper, if it's a 50-point spread or a 10-point spread, it's a battle no matter what. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so it's, uh, and when I say it's going to be close, it's, I don't normally score the meat out as much as I have this year, but <laughs> put it that way. <laughs> Um, but it'll be fun. I mean, it'll be, I think it'll be good for our kids to, you know, to know that, Hey, it's, it, you know, I got to step up and compete. And I, I think the last year's indoor conference meeting, I don't know on the, on the men's and women's side, if it could have gone better for us, you know, it was one of those things where like every, we just got rolling and kept rolling. So I really hope that kids can set the tone and just get things going on, uh, on Saturday. It's the longest week of the year, conference week, getting to the conference meet. It's a lot of, yeah. lot of anxiety getting there, but we have fun. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Steve. Thanks, Stevie. Right, Very great to hear from Stevie. I'm glad to know that he is doing pretty well and that uh, the men and women sound like they're primed and ready to go for this weekend. Obviously, you and I, Cam, being alums of North Dakota State, we're a little biased and hoping that they do really well. So I hope that is the case. I hope we see some big performances out of them. But we just want to see great track and field in general. So moving into this next segment, we are just going to give some highlights, first of all, to some programs that already competed. So Cameron, you better start us off. Yeah. Uh, you know, the first, first North Dakota school that already come, competed, uh, Valley City State University. They're part of the North Star Athletic Association, uh, for those of you that aren't familiar with that. Uh, both of their men's and women's team. Uh, placed fourth in the conference uh, just last weekend. Uh, And some of the contributors to their fourth place finish. Uh, One that really sticks out is uh, Alex Otto from Pekin, North Dakota in the high jump. He he won the high jump uh, and he will be competing at the NAIA uh, national championships uh, March 3rd. So always super cool to see in North Dakota. Um, athlete uh competing getting the opportunity to compete at the highest level uh in whatever division they're at so that's really cool to see Mm -hmm. um a couple more placers uh north dakota placers uh hannah gordon from originally from park river uh got second in the shot put and garrett ward uh was third in the heptathlon so just great to see Great to see those results from the North Dakota athletes at Valley City State. Yeah, and then just a couple highlights there. Garrett is from Hazen, North Dakota. Man, what a powerhouse, always churning out great athletes. So congrats, Hazen. And and they're the Bison, too, so go Bison. Yeah. yeah. Shouts out to Hazen on this episode. And then NAIA Nationals, they're not going to have to travel far. Those are going to be in Yankton, South Dakota this year. So kind of right in their own backyard. Yeah. Also in the North Star Athletic Association, we've got Dickinson State, who uh, shouts out to them. They won the conference meet, both on the men's and women's side, so congrats to them. Just a few performances that really stood out. We had some conference champions. Dane Allen of Bismarck took first in the high jump, second in the triple jump. And then Hoyt Zander of Kildeer, North Dakota, won the pole vault with a really great jump. If I remember correctly, it was kind of a weird mark, like 444, which you hardly ever see. But great job to you, Hoyt. 
Um, some other highlights that we had here. Steve, you mentioned Alex Bartholomew, the kid from Bowman. But how about this one? Jacob Srehova from Bowman, second in the triple jump. And then another North Dakota native, Dakota Mansfield from New England, took um, second place in the 600. So not New England, like the far northeast region of the United States, but right in our own backyard. New England, North Dakota. Yeah. So congrats, Dakota. And what I mean, what a fitting name. Holy cow. Yeah. This kid, this kid screams North Dakota track and field. It was, it was meant to be. It was absolutely meant to be. And then for the women's side for Dickinson State, just a couple highlights here. Elise Jennings from Garrison, North Dakota, took second in the 60. So congrats to you, Elise. And then Jessica Walter from Jamestown took third in the shot put. So we had a really great performance from North Dakota natives in the NSAA. So shouts out to you, Valley City State and Dickinson State, and good luck to those competing at the NAIA Nationals on March 3rd. But let's move into Division Two. Cam, get us going with this one. Tell us about the Beavers. Beavers of Minot State. So uh, they are part of the Northern Sun Conference, uh, along with UMary, uh, other maybe recognizable schools that you might have heard of, like Augustana, um, University of Sioux Falls. Uh, you know, uh, it, honestly, the Northern Sun Conference has been one of my like. I don't know. I think it's a really cool conference just because it's so, so regionally based. Mm -hmm. uh, and there's so many teams from around here. Uh, so their conference meet is coming up this weekend, Ryan, right? Yes, sir. Yep. This weekend. Uh, so we're just, we're just going to kind of preview some of the North Dakota studs who are uh, ranked in their events going into, into the biggest meet of the season so far for them. Um, so from my state starting off in the 800, uh, Lewis Cotterill is going in ranked eighth. Whitney Hansen in the women's 800 is uh, ranked third. Uh, here's one that I've, I've kind of been following this season. Jacob Jensen, uh, he's ranked fifth in the mile. He's run 416 this year, this season so far, uh, which I believe is a Minot State D2 era school record. So major props to Jacob. Uh, man, really really wish him well in that mile uh, he's also ranked seventh in the 5k so hopefully able to get uh, double points for his team there um, the men's four by four is ranked fourth uh, in the conference and the final kind of entry we have here Logan Kruger uh, ranked sixth in the weight throw and ninth in the shot put so some really good really good um position positioning for the athletes some of the athletes especially the north dakota ones at minot state uh last year as a team the women were 15th uh and the men were 11th in the conference so uh definitely hoping to improve on those placings uh and i mean i think they're they're set up pretty well with with some of these athletes who are who are in prime scoring positions for them so let's see see what the beavers can do this year huh yeah, and it's been really fun. If you don't follow them on social media, you should. They have done a phenomenal job of just keeping people updated. I've learned more about Minot State track and field this year than I ever knew, just because they've done such a great job of posting, like, when someone sets a school record or when somebody gets, like, a NCAA qualifier mark. Yeah. And just a great program. And not all the people that you mentioned were North Dakota natives, but one who is, like you highlighted, Jacob Jensen, 
think this is the first shout out for Belcourt, North Dakota on the podcast. So shouts out to Belcourt. Shouts out to you, Jacob. Go get them this weekend. And the other North Dakota school in the Northern Sun that will be competing this upcoming weekend is the University of Mary. They've got a lot of studs on their team. Here's a couple of North Dakota ones that are ranked really, really well. So Taylor Hestekin, she's ranked third in the mile right now in a really competitive conference at the distance side. A lot of Augustana runners right around her, but stands out at third in the mile. And she's also third in the thousand. She's from Scranton, North Dakota, not Scranton, Pennsylvania, does not work at Dunder Mifflin, we don't think. But she is ranked third in the conference in two events. So shouts out to you, Taylor. And then Dylan Kovash, fifth in the pole vault um, from Dickinson Trinity. Same thing. He's got a really good mark going in, and we can't wait to see how he's going to excel at the meet. Last year, you Mary won on the women's side. They took first place, and the men took fifth. So it'll be interested to see how the Marauders can do this weekend in their conference meet. I'm excited uh, to, yeah, obviously, like we said, see how everybody does in their, their conference meets. But I'm also excited as you and I keep kind of uh, learning more and more about track in North Dakota and kind of follow the current high schoolers into all the different schools that they go to. Uh, hopefully these, uh, these conference recaps uh, or previews become much more uh, exciting and engaging for us as we, we start to recognize names and, and be able to put like a name to a face and can really, really start like rooting for these people uh, instead of just like uh, reading names off that maybe we're not so familiar with. So hopefully, hopefully we're helping the listeners do that as well. Uh, just kind of bring some familiarity to, to some of these names and create some fans, you know, two right here. We're, we're trying to be, be better fans as well. So. Yes. Yes. And big shouts out to uh, good luck to any North Dakota athletes that maybe aren't at one of these programs that are maybe competing in a different state for a different school. If you've got conference coming up, good luck. We'll try to do our best to give you guys highlights too. So with that being said, I think we're done here. Thanks again for listening to the podcast. Remember, be sure to give us a good review on Apple Podcasts. Give us a shout out uh, on social media. We always love to see interactions. And we've got a big drop coming up here pretty soon. Our first merch item is coming out. So be ready for that one. Thanks again for listening. We hope you have a great week. And good luck to all the teams competing.